Okay. Welcome, everybody, to Who's Your Band? I am Jeffrey Paul. Uh, thank you guys for joining us. And we are here today. This is a special day because our, co day. our co host, my co host, is celebrating his 47th birthday. Look at this handsome bastard. Happy birthday, Sean Morton. Cheers to you. There's no Sambuca in this coffee. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> Let me tell you now that's dedication. It's his birthday. I know he has people uh, over, and he is here to do the show. No, like a, like a typical old person, I had dinner at 4 o'clock in the afternoon so I can have this podcast on at 7, so I can be asleep by 8.30. You know what? I, I actually just left upstairs because we have people up there as well because we're celebrating a birthday as well. So happy birthday, Sean. I'm, I'm very happy. What did you do today for your birthday? Anything special? I worked. I worked. I went to CVS to pick up my prescriptions. Wow. I went to Walmart to get laundry detergent. I had dinner. And now I'm talking to both of you. You better, you better calm down, man. This is crazy. You exciting. went to CVS? I went to, well, yeah, I had to get the medications. Where'd you get Lipitor pills? No, I, I had those already. I had to get other stuff. I'm low on folic acid, apparently, according to my doctor. Oh, dude, you're, you're, you're older than me. Yeah, um, totally. It, yeah, totally. You know, uh, before we bring in our guest, uh, Sean and I, last week, uh, we got to see Metallica. We, we went yes. to the opening night of the North American uh, leg of this monster tour. And we saw Mammoth open the show. We saw Pantera and we saw uh, Metallica. So I really didn't want to talk to Sean until the show and want to get your impression. I appreciated that, actually. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. What what do you think about the show? Tell all this. Mammoth was great. Mammoth was fantastic. You know they, uh, you know I, they don't disappoint. If anybody doesn't know who Mammoth is, it's Eddie Van Halen's son, Wolfgang, which is great. Um, great band. Then Pantera, which I'm not really calling Pantera. I'm calling it the tribute to Pantera because only two of the members, because the other two are gone. They sounded phenomenal. And Metallica had to. Well, before before you get into Metallica, yeah, tell people who's in. Pantera now. Well, obviously it's Rex Brown and Phil Anselmo, the original two members. And since Dimebag and Veneer are no longer here, they have Charlie Benanti from Anthrax on the drums and Zach Wilde from Black Label and Ozzy's band on guitar. And I thought I thought Zach was I thought both were excellent. It was Charlie was phenomenal. Zach did his thing and he was great. And they had a you know, they had a hard time, uh Metallica to follow them and uh they, they delivered though. And from people that I heard from and multiple people said that the night that we went was better than the Sunday show. I looked at the set list on both and listen it, it, couldn't complain. You're, you're, you're talking about you know between the distance between like a 90 and a 95. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, no, you're no, just no. you're just talking about like it's not going to be bad. It's like you know, and it's, sometimes it comes down to preference. When I looked at the set list, yeah, I thought the set list that we saw was was a little bit better. But I mean, right. e either night, I think you would have gone, you would have enjoyed yourself. Um, yeah. But yeah, that that was a it was a big spectacular. It was great to see a stadium full of uh, of rock and metal fans. Uh, that yeah. that that's always a good thing. And you just you know, sometimes you just look around and you just appreciate. It. It's like think about where we were just like, like three short years ago, and that stadium was empty. And here you had it filled to the rafters and everyone having a great time. That was beautiful to see. Loved it. Nice night, nice and chill. It was cool. We fixed my broken trunk. I loved Team effort there. Okay, so tonight, yes, we, are, we yeah we have a special guest, and I've been trying to get this guest on the show for a little while uh 
I was fortunate enough to run into her at 101.5 FM and we got to talking and she is a doll. She is a comedian. She is an actress. She is a, uh, a writer and she's joining us on the show today for the first time. Guys, give it up for Julia Scotty. How are you, Julia? Hi, guys. How you doing? Uh, that was a nice introduction. Right, he's a lot nicer than I am. I, that's what I was going to say. I'm glad it was you and not that other one. Yeah. <laughs> he's been abusing me. You can say it. He's a jerk. Okay, I know he's a jerk. Listen, he, he knows what he is. We know, you know, but it's, it's happy okay. birthday he, to you, too, by the way. Thank Sean. you, Julia. Thank you. It's 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 a great day. So is Julia it 40? is 47. 47. 47. Oh, you look great. I look fucking phenomenal for 47. Okay. See, this is why nobody can be nice to you. It's very true too. It's, it's very true. true. Yeah, he's not. He's not modest. He's not. Oh, he's not. I, not I give him a compliment, and he get. He's a, he's all up in my. Group. Look, nor, look. I'm going to be honest with you. Normally, I say, "Hey, I'm the funniest comic on this show." Can't say it tonight. You definitely blow me out of the water. I'm oh, definitely second best. No oh, question stop. about that. Stop. Mm. Stop already. It's Jeffrey. So, Julia, you you are a busy comedian. You you have a lot going on. How long have you been doing this? Uh, I say. What, what years is it? I say 43 years because uh, even though I had a 10 year you know gap, I was teaching and that was still like comedy. So I, <laughs> I count that as my comedy years. But I started in 1980, uh, May 30th, 1980. Let's go back to that for a second. You, sure. you were a teacher. Where, where did you teach? I mean, did you go to school for teaching? What what's the what happened with that? I was, yeah, when I hear I, I was in my mid-40s and I was really troubled, you know, and my career wasn't going anywhere. I'd been banging around for 20 years, 20 something years. And and um I just decided I, you know, I was trying to save a marriage and like and I really wanted to do something that earned me a living. So I went back to college. Um, At 40? For, like 40. What was I, 49? No, 48 when I started. You were 48 years old when you went back to college? Yeah. Wow. That, that I loved it. I you know what? I, I you may go. love it, but still that that takes that takes some type of courage because a lot of people would feel kind of weird that they'd be the old person in the room, that you know, what am I doing here? The time passed me by. I love the fact that you just like, hey, look, I'm healthy, I'm gonna do this. And you and you went and did what you had to do. Well, the funny part was I went to an all-girls Catholic college, and I went at night, and it was co-ed, so, so I was still living as, you know, my former self. self. And, we'll get into uh, that. Yeah, but I mean, it was just kind of odd that I wound up choosing that college because they had a great teaching program. So I uh, I didn't, I never went, when I got out of high school, because I, you know, I was, um, I had to earn a living. Well, you know, my mother was kind of nuts, so I had to support her. Uh, so I just never got to go. Okay, so you go to college, and where did you wind up teaching, and what did you wind up teaching? I, I, I taught in Freehold Borough Middle School uh, and on uh, Park Avenue there. I don't know if you know. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. I taught sixth grade language arts, and, and I also directed the plays, and I put together a uh, a, a drumming sort of a, a stomp uh, unit. You remember the play Stomp? Yeah, of course, of yeah, course. So, so the kids, uh, you know, there were kids that wanted that couldn't play an instrument, and so I said, you know, and and I always like the troubled kids. So I, I, 
you know, I said, let's, let's do this, you know, and they were wonderful. So that, that's, uh, that's what I did. And did you like teaching? Sixth grade's got to be really tough though, because like, that's like 11, 12 years old. The hormones are all over the place. The attention are ridiculous. I always say they came in in September as as 12 year olds and they, some of them left in June as 22 year olds. That's a rough year. That's right. I taught middle school for a few years. And, you know, while the teaching part, I think, is easy, like, you know, the material, because it's junior high school level material, the hardest part of it is, you know, they're like, like Julia said, especially in sixth grade, they're still basically babies. By the yeah. time that the end of the year comes, they've grown up a little bit. So now when you right. teach seventh and eighth graders, then it becomes a little bit easier. But they're still, you don't realize how young they really are. And they, you know, you're trying to relate to them. I um I st- to this day I still teach two courses in the morning. I teach uh, high school. Oh, te- okay. Yeah, I teach Western civilization. I teach U.S. history uh, in the morning. Um, just two courses, and I I do it because I love it. It's you know, I love I've- teaching too. I would never have, I would never have quit. Uh, I had no intention of ever coming back to comedy, but uh, you know I you know how we are as comics. We don't do well with authority figures, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> while I love teaching. I couldn't stand the administration and the move, you know, what they would do, you know. And this was a public school? Yeah. Yeah, public school teaching is, is horrible. Right. You know, it, it, it's it's so bureaucratic and the kids always seem to be secondary. I mean, look, look, look at our world today. You know, the teachers unions dictate everything. And, you know, the last things they consider are the kids. Well, I wouldn't say that about the unions. I, I, I'm a big supporter of the teachers unions. Teachers need the support. Uh, they need a union. Listen, I think you need a union. Yeah, I think you need unions, but I think sometimes unions overstep their bounds. Mm, I would, we would argue about that, but okay. Um, but let's go back. Let's go back even for because it's not it's not a political show. Let's let's go back a little bit even further. Okay, so first of all, did you did you enjoy teaching? Right, you liked it. I loved it. Yeah, you loved it. Okay, yeah. so you you kind of let the cat out of the bag here a little bit earlier. Um, that that you did tra- transition, all right? Right. Uh, I have I have a I'm I'm very curious about that because you when you first started comedy, you you were you were you were you were, uh, you were a man, right? You were yes. I started as Rick 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 Scott. Rick Scotty. Yeah. Okay. And, and how many years did you do that? Twenty. I actually left comedy. My last gig was on the the anniversary of my first gig. Exactly 20 years later. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Was that planned? No, I'm a little like <laughs> I think I'm a little on the spectrum. It just worked <laughs> out that way. Okay. I, so, yeah. So is that really is that a bad thing to say? Because being on the spectrum? Did, well, well, here's the thing. Like back in the day, we really didn't hear a lot about the spectrum, right? You right. really didn't hear a lot about that. This is really more of a last 15, 20 year kind of thing. I also think that I'm a little bit on the spectrum. I feel like you think so. Uh, listen, guys, I don't want to get. By the way, Sean, I'm wearing these glasses just to piss you off. I know how much you hate them. Yeah, it's okay, Woody. We're fine. We're, we're good. <laughs> but Sean, I, I, I think it's fine. I have family members who are. So do I. So do I. I just think, that, like you know, there's like an old thing where they say, "Just stop doing it. You look like an asshole." I don't believe in that. I believe that there's actual ticks. No, I, I, I believe I, I am. And I know that, you know, uh, yeah, I believe I, I, I've been told that by. What does that mean exactly to be on the spectrum? 
What does that well, there's, mean? There's all different levels of like autism and, you know, back in the day they were called Asperger's, but like now they don't because of the whole affiliation with the Nazi. And learning disabilities and, and processing. Right, learning disability, you know, processing and things of that nature. So. But there's also, you know, we talk on the gender spectrum too, as long as we're talking about uh, transgendered folks. It's, you know, the gender is not absolute. It's, you know, you're not either totally male or totally female. Uh, there's no such thing, but there is this, there is a, a gender a spectrum too, and you know some of us are closer to absolute female, and some of us are closer to absolute male. But everybody's got a little bit of uh, both in them. Now, do you think it's more personality-wise, or like attitude, or well, even sexuality? Are you, are you actually, are you talking? Yeah, are you talking like actual physicality or sexuality is different from gender identity? I, I think so too. Not even. Not even connected. Um, I, I, you know, looking back at my childhood, I know I was definitely drawn to, you know, female things. It's just, but in the neighborhood I grew up in, you know, <laughs> that gets your ass kicked, you know. So, but you, know, you I'm sorry, but yeah. you started out, Julia, I, uh -huh. if I'm right, you started out, no, you, that, you, you, were, you, you never lived in California? Born and raised in Jersey. I started my very first gig. Uh, was in uh, a Chinese restaurant in Paramus, Jade Fountain restaurant, uh, and I my home club in New York was the Improv, the original one on Forty Fourth and Ninth. Wow. Okay. So you're, you, I guess you're right. You're in your twenties at this time. I was twenty eight when I started. Okay. Well, okay. So you're twenty eight years old. You're you're Rick Scotty. You're go, you're doing the New York City scene. You're doing Jersey. What kind of success did you wind up having? Well, the. I was lucky because I got in just before the boom started happening. There were no Jersey clubs. In fact, this one I did in Paramus was the very first out of New York club. There was stuff happening on Long Island and stuff starting to happen in Jersey. So I caught the wave. And I, one of the reasons I worked a lot back then was because I had a car. That was a big plus. I could, right. you know, in and those days, it. yeah. Well, in those days, we, you know, the comics would all meet in front of the improv or the catch or whatever. And, and who driver. were you with? Do you remember who the comics you were with? Oh, yeah, yeah. In fact, the, the very first night, there's a, if you watch uh, uh, get, Comedians of Cars Getting Coffee, uh, Eddie Murphy's on one of the shows. and I've uh, heard of him. Yeah. But he has a list that Jackie Martland gave him from because Jackie was the MC at this Chinese restaurant. And on that list is me, uh, a guy named Teddy Kalaluka, who's a very well-known character actor now. But Eddie was on that show. Uh, Seinfeld was on that show. Uh, Jackie was emceeing. Uh, who else was on that on that show? I mean, it was a who's who who you know kind of comedy today. They all went on to become, except for me. <laughs> well, you're doing pretty good. We'll get to we'll get to you okay. in, in a little bit. But but I'm very curious. So you're you're 20 years old. You're you're working New Jersey. You're working the city. You're working with some some pretty big names. Who are still well, they weren't at the time. No, no, right. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. They're still yeah. kind of like working it out. Were you able to make a living at this? Were you working every night, every weekend? I was going. Um, I would say about. I started to make a living where I could do it just uh, probably about three or four years in because the boom happened. There was right. work everywhere. I mean, I can I can remember as a as a feature act, uh, returning down work because it didn't include airfare. Okay, that's how, you know, that's how much comics were in demand back then. Um, you know, and then it, then it all fell out, fell apart. 
So you're doing, are you married at the time? You know, do you have a girlfriend? Yeah, I was married too. And that's one of the reasons I, you know, I, I couldn't devote as much day, daytime to it as I wanted to. See, also the business part of show business is hanging. You got to hang, got to hang in New York. Absolutely. Yep. You know, you got to play softball, with the, you know, in Central Park with the leagues. I, they don't have them anymore, I don't think. But I couldn't do that because I had a I had a compromise and, uh, you know, and work. I'm sorry about this shadow. No, no, no worries. So you're 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 kind of like, you know, you're doing your stuff and coming back and forth. What kind, as as Rick Scotty and you, you, you're in it for a what were you talking about? What 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 was your premises? What what was, what were your topics? What are you talking about? I've always talked about what was going on in my life at that point. I was never a topical, you know, current events kind of comic. But I, you know, I talk about my marriage. I talk about having young kids. I talk about, uh, you know, my horrible sex life with my my wife. That was typical stuff of the times, you know. Um, it was funny. I mean, it's just. But then there was there was stuff that popped up i don't know if you've seen the documentary on my life but there's a, there's a I, want, yeah, I want to talk about that too okay well we're, we're, well i'm going to reference it now there's a section in there where i'm watching myself back then and i'm, I'm talking about transgender folks and i'm you know and not in not a, a happy way i'm trying to get out of this i'm so sorry about this and i realized at the time i was dealing with uh dealing with the issue i thought that i was gay but it, that wasn't that wasn't it, uh, you know. Nobody knew anything about being trans back then. So, how many years uh, did you did you deal with that? Like, how many probably years? Probably my it? whole life, in retrospect. At least high my school. You high school. You kind of knew it started popping up late teens. That that something was a something was not. I hate to use the term right, but you know what I mean. Yeah, it's we know. Some, yeah. Yeah. So, but, but, so I'm. When when you say it's it's popping up, what's popping up? Is it feelings? Just this, yeah, just this feeling. Oh. It's like, uh, I, I found myself being very jealous of women and uh, in, in, in wanting the experience what they were experiencing, and I couldn't. I didn't know why. I mean, it was, uh, and, and I just assumed, well, maybe it means I'm gay. I mean, you know, and that seemed to be a logical. Were you attracted to men? Not really. I you know. <laughs> I know this is hard to understand, but there wasn't a whole lot of information about being trans. Exactly. That, that leads me to, to, to a question I wanted to ask. Go ahead. And this is this is where I think when we use words like courage and brave, I don't think we always use them in, in the right spots. But I have to think that in the 80s and in the 90s, when you, like you said, there wasn't a lot of information about this. Did you have a hard time people accepting you? Did you face prejudices? You know, and did you, especially when you started to transition, did you start to uh, face prejudice early on with people saying, I don't want to deal with this person? You know, this is well, right. I didn't come out. I, yeah, I didn't come out until 2000, uh, 1999 is when I came out. But still, even back then, I don't think yes. it was kind of like a big, you know, like people yes. were like, like, you know, like it is today. I think now there's a lot, there's a lot more acceptance. I think back then, I mean, I remember, and this is, why, this is why I say that I had friends that were transgendered and you know and you know i remember like walking in with them and people poking fun and and, well, yeah, and, and I mean, make and making comments and i'm like this this cannot be easy no of course not i mean i i might we're, i'm trying to get out of this goddamn way here 
um, my first day of teaching, my first day ever in a classroom. I, you know, I got through the day. You know how hard it is to teach kids, especially twelve-year-olds. And I had, I mean, I I performed in front of thousands of people at the time. That's nothing compared to standing in front of a classroom exactly. for kids for six, seven know. hours a day. Yeah. So at the end of the day, I get there's a little note on my desk, and I go, "Oh, that's nice." One of the kids, you know, wants to welcome me to the school. And I open it up, and it just all it says is everybody thinks you're a man. And I just was devastated. It's the first day of school. After I had worked so hard, you know, to go to college, to graduate with honors, and you know, and what year was that? To, huh? What year was that? That would have been two thousand and one. It was right after nine eleven, October. I came in late in the year because one of the teachers was out on. You know, I think I think Jeff hit the nail on the head with something too. I mean, it really if you look at I was listening to a podcast the other day and they were talking about a scene from Ace Ventura about um how Sean Young was playing a transgender woman and like their reactions in the movie to it were like if you look at it back then, um it's a very like you're laughing at it, but like now if you watch this movie, which is now almost 30 years old, your your whole opinion is like, well, there this there's nothing to laugh about this. Like it's just the way that the, the especially since Sean Young was hot. Well, yeah, and there, and there was always a, there was always a uh, uh, controversy about well, why did you just have a, a trans woman playing right. a trans woman's part? You know, um, I think even in two thousand one, I mean, it was probably towards the very end of the uh, non acceptance. I would I would think I, I think towards the towards the middle of the two thousands is when you really started to feel that things were starting to loosen up and people were starting to get a little more tolerant and educated and aware of of other things that were going on yes that there is you know there is an there is an absolute all-out war now in on the right with you know i don't need to get political with, with against trans people um and um every they need a new target every time uh, you know they they had black people they had gay people and now they got us. You know, we're we're in the front. We're in the yep, front. You have to also understand too that that's also a very small portion of that party as well too, because there's people who will actually lean towards the right. And I'll I'll be brutally honest. I mean, financially, I lean towards the right, but I'm very very liberal uh, socially. You know, like I, I, I yeah, I, I've always maintained I don't care what you are. I don't care what your political leanings are. Just stay out of my life. Right. It's got to be separate and. You know, as long as the, the bottom line is just treating people like they're human beings and treating everybody equally. Right. And that's when it comes down to it. I don't give a shit what you do with your life. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't care if you wear dopey glasses like like Jeff. You know, I don't care if you I don't care if you get ice or whatever it is, as long as it makes you happy. and You're not hurting anybody who gives a fuck. You know, I really don't. Well, AGT did, you know, change my life. I mean, I, I call it, you know, uh, it was the mother of all coming out stories. You know, because I came out to 13 million people yeah. uh, at one. Well, at one well let, let, let's, let's bring that up. Yeah. Um, and then, well, let's, and then back, let's backpedal. I'm going to backpedal yeah. one quick second because. Oh, yeah. yeah. Julia was at my very first show. Yeah. Yeah. The first time Julia got back on stage after the hiatus, I was actually on that show. Now, at, you now at this point, you now you're Julia Scotty. Right. Yes. Okay. Right. I was I was hosting at the, at the Comedy Works in Bristol that night. You did a guest spot. Well, Julia was doing the guest spot? That was the first time Julia was back on stage since the transition. Let was me that... tell you how that came about. I had had lunch with Chris Rich, 
Mm-hmm. Was she the? Was she the? Um, she was the, the, headline. the headline. Oh, yes. she's great. She is. I love Chris, and we were we were old old friends, and I love her dearly. And we met for lunch a couple of weeks earlier, and she was appearing at the works, and she said, "Why don't you come and do a guest spot?" She goes, "You know, you want to come back to college." <laughs> I, I had no intention you off, of it. Were you? Were you ten, was that ten years? You said ten. Yeah, almost eleven. Yeah. Shit. So I I knew I had only two criteria, and one was to be totally honest. And one was to be, the other was to be fearless. So go ahead, Sean, finish up this. And I can remember, I mean, I, I was still fairly new at that time. I think I was. Well, how many when, years, I was going to say, how many years in were you, I think Sean? it was 2010. I was going through my old journals the other day and I found it. was 2010. A, I was only two yeah. years in. I mean, I was still hosting there, you know, so. Yeah, I found my journal entry from right just before I did it. And I was writing about how I needed to put material together, what I was going to talk about, you know. You know, and at the time, like, you know, I'm still new. and I'm, But like, I'm older because I started comedy at 32. So I'm not like a 19-year-old shithead who doesn't know anything. I still understand that. Yeah, you were a 34-year-old shithead. But the, right. Yeah. I also had more life experience. And I understand, like, I understood, like, okay, this is somebody who not only has not been on stage in 10 years, but hey, you know what? Something pretty fucking big has gone on in their life at this point, you know? And And... And, and the comedy works in Bristol is kind of a blue collar. That's a weird room. I mean, okay, I, yeah. How, how, did, how did the audience accept you? Go ahead. It was, a, it, I mean, even I, I it's, it's perfect what you said. It's a hard fucking room because they are very middle America. Like they are, you know, just drinking beer and that whole area. If you know the area, Jeff, it's all used car. I know that. Yeah. It's not that far from Beth Salem. That's all it is, is used car salesmen and fucking tech sex toy stores and, and roll your own tobacco. It's fucking middle America in the, right outside of Pennsylvania. But um, I remember you getting laughs that night. I truly do. You know, and then, you know, I took a step back years later once I started following your career and just saying, like, you know, what a fucking night that had to be. That had to be nerve wracking. Oh, night. it was it was it was because I. I knew once I, I said it, I needed to say it publicly. I needed to get it out of my mouth and not live in shame about it. That was part of it. I, you know, carrying around the shame of, uh, of you know, my own self-imposed shame. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, right. and, I, and I realized I was, by not being proud of who I was and what I was, I was letting, the, I was putting myself in another prison again. Did you feel ashamed of yourself? You you're kind of made to feel ashamed of yourself. Back not, then, not, not because of that, not because because you didn't you didn't say it. Like you 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 kept it inside and didn't say it out loud. Um, because I I got to imagine once you went on stage and said you know you know who you were, it had to be completely liberating. Oh, absolutely. The 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 only thing I can even equate with, with is coming out on on AGT in front you know on the <laughs> national television. Uh, <laughs> you know. But uh, Sean, I went back to the works a couple of weeks later, you know, having lifted that off that burden off of me, and I destroyed, I killed, and and it was. Where'd you go back as? I went back as Julia. No, no, you the feature, a headliner. Oh, I I don't even know if I was on the show. I think I was guesting, you know. But he, Mike Kaplan, was great. I go a long way back with him, and he he's always been supportive of me, and he, you know, he. That's pretty cool. Yeah, Mike's a good guy, and, and uh, he came to uh, see Sean when he headlined at uh, Catch Rising Star. Did he go? Yeah, he doesn't yeah. forget. You know, he's a, uh, he's a, 
he's well i go back to the beginnings of the comedy works and when they were in philly that's how far back i go with that organization and joy was a you know jimmy were close friends and uh yeah so they've seen my career from almost from day one and yes and so yeah go ahead so i'm gonna say so let's go let's go back to something you you've been uh alluding to mm -hmm. uh you had one of the most memorable appearances on America's Got Talent. Over a million people saw uh, and streamed uh, you coming out on the show. Can you uh, can you talk us through it and, and take us what it was like? Uh, before, right before, it was taped. So I, I was home when it, when it aired. I knew what was going on. I couldn't say anything. They don't, you know, they don't want you to talk about it. But um, just before I walked out on stage, uh, the, the British producer said, are you going to do it? And he meant, are you, he meant two things. He meant, are you going to come out? And and he also meant, uh, was I going to drop the F-bomb? Because I had I had a different punchline for that joke. And, and he said, no, do it. They'll love you. I go, it's easy for you to say. You're, you're back here where it's nice and safe. Um, but I got out there. And as I was, and you guys know, when you're on stage, you have this this whole team of men and women working on your, you know, your set for you. And um, I got to that point in my set. And I just said, you know what? I might be able to do some good here. I know I'm not going to win this show, but I might be able to do some good. I said, I'm just going to, when he asks me, I'm going to tell him the truth. And, uh, and but I wanted to wait till after the set because I wanted the set to stand on its own. It did. Yeah. So, who are, the, who are the judges when you went when you uh, it was, take the uh, show? Howie, uh, the German woman whose name I can't remember. Heidi Klum. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> one of the Spice Girls. She was great. I loved her. Uh, uh, Mel B. Mel B. Right. And and uh, and how, and what's his name? Uh, the, was it Howard the, Stern? No, no, the British guy. Which is the, oh, Simon Cowell. Simon, yeah. I oh shit! Call. That's a that's like an all star cast right there. Yeah, I want to call the Simon Garfunkel, but I think <laughs> that's what happens when you get old. I couldn't think of his name. <laughs> um, yeah, so he, uh, Howard had, this was the first year without Howard. Okay. Uh, how he took his place. Mm -hmm. it, okay. it was, it was life changing. He said, that, I told the producer as I walked out, he goes, your life's never going to be the same after this. And he was right. And, and obviously it helped. It didn't hurt, but that's still Oh, no, it helped a lot. Yeah. So, you know, suddenly, uh, clubs who were you know wouldn't talk to me before suddenly they're interested in me my money went up um i was getting you know requests for interviews i, I got a record company deal record deal um yeah it, it changed my life you, who's your audience but let me just let me just yeah, say yeah. something i said to my manager at the time i said i switched over to tom and Jenny from omnipop and i said to tommy i said listen we've only got two years here. We may not even have that, you know, because by the time the next season rolls around, I'm yesterday's news. So we got to, you know, we got to make hay while you the sun You got to strike while the sun shines. That's exactly right. And that's what we did, you know. So what were you going to say? I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, so now who's your, who's your audience now? And, you know, I guess your audience has changed from like when you first started, took the 10 years off and now... Is it a different audience? Do you do you do you play before? Basically, is it anybody? Do you play specialty shows? I mean, who's your audience? Who comes out to support Julia Scotty? I, you know, my shows are you kind of universal, have universal appeal. I don't, 
Uh, there's some, you know, gay comics or trans comics that, that cater to the, the to that demographic, and that's fine. I, I you know, that's right. I want to be I want to be everybody's comic. You know, I want you to be able to come to my show and not feel like you're singled out or that you're another. I, you know, my whole my whole show is about inclusion. You know, so I will say that ninety ninety eight percent of my show are are straight people. Uh, I do get a lot of you know during Pride. I did a lot of pride shows though too so um it's whoever wants to come i you know but who's who's the track who's buying the ticket and i have well, a reason mostly, for asking this that i don't think you know about uh, mostly uh middle-aged straight people okay here's the thing julia scotty yeah okay sean morton you're me and you you're going to be working at my club on october 28th okay yes i know yeah, I didn't think you knew that. I I, I had. Uh... I know. I <laughs> okay. All right. Don't yeah. I didn't know that. Okay. I didn't think you knew that. I uh, didn't yeah, know that I had. Uh, okay. Yeah. It's like so when when uh, Carol told me when, when we were talking about him. This is for the audience. Uh, I have a, a laughing stock comedy club up in uh, Hershey, Pennsylvania, and we have women of a certain age coming in. So when Carol told me the lineup and Julia's name was on it. I couldn't have been happier. So last night we had a packed room. We had Gaspar Randazzo in the house and he attracts a lot of like teachers and you know, other teachers are middle-aged women. When I told them that you guys were coming, particularly Julia Scotty, they were very, very excited. And they're going to be coming out October 28th. Who, the, the audience? Yes. Really? Yeah, because after the show we hang out, we talk, you know, there's, there's a, a, a saloon in there. I mean, it's a really, it's a fun, it's a fun place. And so when I told them that, you know, we have women of a certain age coming out and they're like, oh, who's on the lineup? You know, um, I, you know, you were the first name I brought up, you and Carol. And they, you know, and they were like, oh, oh Julie, I love Julia Scotty. This so is the nice. response you're getting. Okay. Let, let, me, let me tell what the, the audience, what women of a certain age actually is. So a good friend of mine, one of my dearest friends in comedy, Carol. Montgomery. Yeah, Sean, I'm sorry, but Sean was the one that really hooked it up. He was like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll talk to her. I'll, I'll, I'll say yeah. it off you. I didn't listen, I'll take my finder's fee. But uh, yeah, so we, Carol, we got you coming next month. I'll be, I'm there next month. Yes. Yeah, you guys are playing actually a month apart. 29th, correct. I'll try and leave the stage left for you. You know what I mean? Um, so Carol's a, an old dear friend of mine. Uh, I always, I tell everybody this without any hesitation. There's two people in this world that have helped me more in my comedy career is Carol Montgomery and Vanessa Hollingshead. They are the two biggest. There's two superstars. Two monsters who I have been able to you know grow under their wing you know and uh carol decided after a very long career to uh develop the show called women of uh, women of a certain age funny women of a certain age funny women of a certain age yeah. yeah it's uh it's basically all female comics over the age of 50 which i think is an absolutely brilliant idea to do for comedy and i really don't i'm not a big fan of like when you see those shows and there's like seven black guys on the show and then one black girl you, got, well, you, you love the italian white right? uh, yeah the italian comedy shows are so much better all over. Oh, they're great because no one has the no one has the premise. You know, my mother used to make the chicken cutlet. She used to do it in the in her sleep. She had it under breath. She make a chicken cutlet. Did she? Did she make a chicken cutlet? You know what that was like? Working I get. You know, I can't tell you how many times, like you know, somebody after a show be doing meet and greets, and people go, "I love your show," but you know who I really love. That Sebastian Butterfuco, whatever his name is. I go, yeah, I know. Everybody loves him. You know. Yeah, I, I, it's a great premise of the show, and and honestly, during the pandemic, 
in, I think it was like 20 months, she wound up getting three Showtime specials on this. That's fucking unheard of. L- let me tell you a story about the you one I was on. I was on the second one. Well, you were supposed to be on the first one. Yeah, you know the story. I know. No, the story. I, I, I don't know the story, okay. but I know you were the breakout star of the second one, so I want to hear this. So, well, she books me on the first one, and I'm thrilled. I can't wait. I, I, I go to. I was going to have some minor back surgery, but they wanted to get. Uh, I had to get a chest X-ray first because uh, I smoked at the time. Uh, and the doctor, I come back. The doctor says you have an enlarged heart. Uh, there's fluid around your heart. I said, oh, okay, well, that sounds good. It's enlarged. That means it's nice and healthy. And no, that's not what that means. So they go and they go to do, um, to put a uh, stent in me or whatever they do. He stops in the middle of it and he goes, there's so much blockage. We can't, I can't do this. They, we're, we're running up to Newark, New Jersey, to Beth Israel Hospital up there. You need heart surgery. So I wound up having quadruple bypass uh, and a pig valve re- installed and another valve. Re- I almost died. Who knew? So I'm, now this is in December. I'm supposed to tape. I think what Carol's first show was in January. It was like two weeks before, I think, or a week before. It was it was maybe three weeks after my surgery. <laughs> so I call her, whatever. And I said, Were you able to speak? Well, barely. I sounded like, yeah. remember how Babe Ruth sounded at Yankee yeah. Stadium when he, yeah, had, yeah. When he was dying? I, I, Carol. I'm I'm gonna make the taping. I'm gonna. (laughs) She goes, "You sure?" I go, "Yeah." So about a week before, we'll we'll do it for Gehrig and the kid in the stands. Yeah. So there was no way. Bendix will play me in a movie horribly. Exactly. (laughs) I couldn't even walk to the mailbox without you know needing to sit down, and it turned out I couldn't do it. But she said to me, "She goes, look, I don't know if there's going to be a second one." Uh, but if there is, you're the first one I'm going to call here at the top of the list. And true to her word, uh, I think it was March she called me. We did it, I think, in July. But that's the kind of friend she is. That's the kind of human being she is. You just know? an and, amazing and, human being. And yep. this, this industry is just full of garbage. And I'm, I have no problem saying it. It's full of garbage. And she's just an absolute diamond in the rough. Yeah, absolutely. she is. Uh, she's just a... Sweetheart, and she and I go back a long, long way. We go back to the beginning. We started almost same year, maybe a year, a year apart. I think I got in a year earlier than she did. She was my agent for like two weeks. I was that right? Until she quit. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say until she saw your act, and then... <laughs> I know, because, you know, I had line casinos. Anyway, so continue, Jeff. No, no, that's just, that just, you know, Carol, anybody ever says anything bad about Carol? No, Montgomery? listen, I, I will, I will go to, I will go to war for her. She's one yeah. of the things that I really would ever do but that. One of the mattresses. <laughs> no, but we're excited to have you guys uh, in the show. I mean, it's it's going to be great. We're actually going to move it into a bigger uh, room. We're going to move it to. Oh, great. Yeah, with, with a bigger stage and we're going to make it, make it bigger and we're going to try, you know, of course we're going to try and sell as many tickets as, as, as we can. Um how did that change? Uh, I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of things here still. But how did how did that take you to a different level? The, what the Showtime? Yeah, with, with, you know, you know uh, more uh, funny women of a certain age. Well, you look at the lineup on that show, and both of them are insane. Well, I'm in there with some heavy hitters, and fucking Carol. <laughs> she tell you what she did to me that day of the taping? No. no. Oh. Well, I'm trying to remember who was the lineup. It was Carol Lee for uh, the the woman from Caroline Ray? Uh, who? Lunell. 
Lunell was on it. Uh, I mean, it's just a right right down the line, one one heavy hitter after another. She comes to me about an hour before the show, Carol. She goes, "Oh, by the way, you're closing the show." I go, "What? What?" I now don't. I hadn't really worked a lot since since my surgery. I was still, you know. I go, no, you can't do that to me. She goes, if I didn't think you could do it, I wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't. I mean, she says, I know you can do it. And I did. I did the set. You see the set. But they put me, when they aired this special, they put me in the middle, I think. Uh, I forget who. I think Lunell closes it on, on the actual special. But I closed it. Probably because on TV, she had a bigger name. She's in the yes. Borat movie. But every critic... That wasn't Lunell. That was you, right. But every critic had, had said that Julia was the breakout star on that. that Why, really? I did. Yeah. You know, I did. I never read any reviews anywhere. I did. I read everything. Very established comics. Get Caroline Ray, who's been around in the mainstream for thirty-five years. She, 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 she had a series. Yeah, and Carol Carol Leifer wrote for Seinfeld. You know. Yeah. And, uh, Thea Vidal, who's been a, you know, an actor and a comedian forever. Yeah. Telly was probably one of my top 10 favorite comics in the world. I absolutely love her, you know. But yeah, you stole that show. You absolutely did. It was a total surprise to me because I I I was I was just very nervous, you know, having to close that show. Uh and they just oh, man, they were just, you know, they, they were just with me the whole right, right, right from Jump Street. They were great. How many shows did, how many shows did they do? To film that one they, they've done three no how many when you filmed your episode oh we've we only filmed the one really yeah, so it's one things, yeah yeah that was a one take show the, well, the so, only so, thing is that caroline ray had to come out and do a pickup uh for her closing bit i think because she wasn't happy with the closing bit so she did a, another one i think but that's a little that, risky because if it would have been a shitty audience you yeah know, right yeah what, what do you do what would you, they have done you know what? Editing. Yeah. I mean, but you know, you look at that lineup and you go, I don't think anybody's gonna have a hard time um, on this show. All, there's six heavy hitters on that show. Yeah. yeah. You're not yeah. gonna put a special together to put on showtime and you're not gonna have six comics and like two of them you're gonna be like, right. I don't know. You know, you're you're going in with like your A team. All of her show, all of her specials have done that. She, you know, she's okay, so very... now, now you're 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 working, you're 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 on showtime, you're on TV, and then uh, I think it was maybe two years ago. You were in a in a movie called Bros. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. It was acting something? I, I think acting is something you've always done. This wasn't your first time in a movie, was it? I did. Uh, I did a. I had the lead in a short uh, film uh, called Relatable Joy, and and it was you know it was nice. It gave me a nice reel and a couple other things. But I acting has never been you know that important to me. But I realized it's part of you know being. In show business part of being a comic it's an alternative alternate means of making a living and so i said to tom i said look just start sending me up and i'll you know whatever happens happens and uh when bros was cast thank you know billy eichner took a lot of shit for that movie and and i don't think it was justified uh but he cast everybody in that movie was an lgbt uh member everybody cast in it uh the crew was mostly lgbt I, I I applaud him for what he did, and I had a very small part. They cut. I actually had two scenes, and they cut one of them. Still, you got to do it. It's fun, yeah. right? Yeah, it's a credit. 
it's a, you know, Jeff was in a movie too, by the way. I don't know if you're a couple of movies, but yes, I was. What Sean's alluding to, I I worked with Scorsese in uh, The Irishman. Did you really? Wow. Yeah. Wow. I did. uh, I filmed five scenes, you know, uh, I think three of them made it into the movie. Um, it's kind of a long movie. I don't know if you saw it. Yeah, I did. I've seen it. It's a great yeah. movie. Yeah, it looked very, very different. In it. Um, I'll go look for you. Yeah, but still, I, punchable. I, still very punchable. But you do look <laughs> movie. Yeah. Um. So before we start, we before we get around to music, because we got to wrap this up soon anyway. Um. We 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 kept kept talking about this a little early on. So after Julia's whole life, and I mean, listen, it, it, it's a such an interesting story it's such an interesting story that they wind up doing a documentary uh about julia and it's called um funny that way well it's called julia scotty funny that way and there's a reason i say that because okay julia scotty funny that way i I wasn't sure uh how you want okay so um tell us about it and tell us how people can watch it uh how it got made you mean I was in the, the, I was working in Nantucket, did a show with Jane Condon, wonderful Jane Condon. Sure, I know Jane, and, uh, nice lady. Yeah, she's a great nice, lady. nice lady. Yeah. <laughs> and after the show, you know, we're doing meet and greet. Most of my good stuff happens at a meet and greet for some reason. And I, uh, this lady comes up to me. I'm introduced. I think Jane may have introduced this. And her name is Susan Sandler. I know nothing about her. Um, and we go out for drinks afterwards. And we're talking about my career and she's asking me all these questions. And as it turns out somewhere in the conversation, I find out she wrote the movie crossing Delancey. Um, and oh, and sure. big movie. Yeah. It was, and the play too. And she's a professor of screenwriting at uh, uh, NYU Tisch, you know, Tisch school of filmmaking. She's yeah. got major cred, right? So I, I had been thinking about doing a one woman show at that point. And, you know, she offered to, you know, if I needed some help, she was, you know, she was going to want to work with me. I said, that'd be wonderful. And I, I said, I have, she wanted to see my archives. So I brought a whole bunch of crap up to New York where she lives and left it with her. And she called me about a month later. She goes, this is not a one woman show. She goes, this is a documentary. She goes, have you ever thought about it? I go, Oh, who thinks about a movie about themselves? No. Uh, she goes, would you would you trust me to do it? I said, sure, you know, because comics will agree to anything, never mm-hmm. thinking it would ever happen, right. you know. So we signed contracts, and uh, about a month later, uh, there's a film crew at my door, and six years later, the movie was finished. She did a great job, I thought. It was a brilliant movie. I love the way that they uh, really focused on the relationship with your son too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, she's a. She's a she's quite a woman. I, she's one of my heroes, one of my personal heroes. You're that actually something. You're actually a, hero, a friend of mine. Actually, I think I may have mentioned this to you once or twice. But you know, I have a I have a, a an old friend uh, named Sarah. When I was friends with uh, Sarah originally, uh, Sarah was Tommy. Tommy transitioned into Sarah. Mm-hmm. Now the question that I have is: Do you feel that like your personality? and general mood and everything is the same in both your previous life and this life like do you feel like you've changed or at the core are you still the same person because tommy was a fucking asshole right tommy was a real asshole and guess what sarah's a real fucking asshole too so sarah has not changed at all really hasn't got blue hair now looks looks totally different but at the core is basically the same person 
I think because I did it later in life. I, I'm freer. I am. Uh, I'm. I'm not encumbered with all those that the burden of living a a, a false life, and and that sometimes can make you into an asshole because you're just so angry and sad and bitter that you, it's you know you, you lash out. I'm much mellower than I was. Uh, okay. Uh, my comedy has become a lot more honest. I think since uh, since it came out you know um so there's a it's meds i meds a little i'm still at my core you know i'm, I'm basically the same person i think because it's comics we're all fucked up to begin with no matter what yeah yeah but i'm more oh, centered oh, now damaged and broken a little bit yes very damaged very broken but i, I I'm, I'm in a better place now than i've ever been in my life you know? i think because you're in an honest place yes and listen you know i think you, you you come out you 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 feel liberated you say what you have to say and you, you know you are who you are and people who are going to accept you fantastic people who aren't you know what you don't need them in your life you don't need you don't need toxic people in your life but the thing is you're living life on your terms exactly and I think if you can do that I, I it, it doesn't make a difference you gay straight whatever the fuck you are it's you know it with, with people and I, I tell this to Sean I tell people all the time stay away from toxic people because they yep. bring no value to your life yep. why why surround yourself with that you don't but have to I be, did I up until I until I of course you did because, was, because, yeah. because you 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 were dealing with shit yeah you know and now that you're kind of like figured it out and you're living life on your terms, of course you're going to be happier. And you know what? No matter what, I'm a straight dude. Not everybody likes me, believe it or not. I I know that's I, I know that's hard for you to believe. You know, a guy this talented, good looking, you know. Uh, Ooh, you how know, could this be? Right. How, how could how could not everybody like me? Some people <laughs> don't like me. And you know what? Fine. I don't, Change I don't have to. the channel. A hundred percent. Yeah. And that and let's 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 bring it over to this talking about changing the channel because we, we are we have 10 minutes and we have not discussed one drop of music. Okay. If you don't you have you now we've been doing the show what three years, Sean? Julia easily has the most eclectic list. So I just and <laughs> hey Julia, give me an idea of who you like to listen to. You have a favorite band artist, and then I get days of text. Um, all these most of these bands I love. I mean, the first couple, the rascals. No one brought that up on the show. Phenomenal. Sly Stone, Santana, Bobby Collins, favorite band, by the way. Uh, then you go jazz, uh, Count Basie, Dave Brubeck. Um, you put down on the list, and this is definitely on mine, early Chicago. What do you like early Chicago? Like 24? I'll tell you, know, 25, 64. I, I, I opened for Chicago, and here's why. I They weren't always my favorite band of you know that, that jazz rock era until I worked with them and saw them live. And I was like, oh, my God, these guys are phenomenal, you know, phenomenal. Oh, oh. And you I tell I, us about I, that. We'd you open for them. I, the Broome County like? Arena in um, uh, Binghamton, New York. Uh, how, be, long ago, how long ago was that? I was still Rick. So it had to be in the you know 90s, maybe. So in the 90s, that is. Oh, man, you had Bill Champlin. Was uh, Peter Cetera still in the band? No, I don't think so. So that's Jason Schiff. That's still a great band at this time. The blonde yeah. kid. Uh... That's uh, Peter Schiff. Okay, but that's who yeah, he's, he was. Yeah, the he's, lead. Yeah, he's singer. he's great. He plays he played bass and sings. yeah, he was he yeah. was great. They all were good. They're all uh, great. Oh my god! 
And, and Dwayne, it's funny. I think Dwayne Bailey may have been the guitar player who is, I don't know if you know who he is, Sean. Phenomenal. One of the best guitar players on the planet. They, they yeah. They, they, I remember the lead guitarist being just in, insane. And, but the, the, the horn guys, and I can't remember the names of James uh, Panko. Panko. Panko was, he was yeah. cool. We're sitting, we're, we, we his did brother's dress. an actor. Is that right? Yeah. Well, we would do, we were at dress rehearsal, right? So we're sitting, you know, everything, we're having, you know, some food backstage before the show and, and I'm hanging with the guys and I'm like, look at me, I'm looking hanging with Chicago. <laughs> anyway, he says to me, how can you do this? Because it's a 5,000 seat room. I go, what are you talking about? He goes, how can you go out in front of all these people and, and do it? Go, You're fucking Chicago. You work stadiums. He goes, yeah, but if we suck, you know, we have the music. We can go to another, we can look to somebody else. You're out there alone. I go, yeah, thanks for telling me that as I'm about to walk out in front of <laughs> 5,000. How, how, how was it? How, you know, how was it, you know, opening up for Chicago in, a, in an arena? It was my first time ever doing something like that. I was scared to death. And then, and it's a whole different way of working. And, and it, it actually served me well when I did AGT because it was the same kind of, same kind of room. But it's but it's different because that no one's there to see you, and it's in a way it's almost like gangster comedy. It's like okay, we're here to see Chicago, but before we do that, everybody sit down and shut up because a comic is coming on stage, and they're like, who the fuck is is Rick Scotty? But you can't, as a comic, you can't think like that. Of you course can't. not. You because you're self defeating at that point. I I went out with the idea that they were there to see me. I love that. I and love I gonna, that. I, I love gonna, that confidence. But I killed. You know, it took them a couple of minutes to get, you know, settled down and listen to me. But once they once they listened, the waves were coming. The waves of left were coming from way in the back of that that arena, and it's just you can feel the vibrations. It's it's uh it's wild. It's a wild sensation. How much time did you do? You know, what did I do? I think I did like twenty minutes, maybe. Wow, man, that is amazing. Yeah, yeah, they were they were great. The guys were great. But let's go down this list, continuing, Sean. Yeah. Uh, the Temptations, amazing. Oh, I saw who I saw live. Uh, great. Uh, and then, now it starts, the second part that you said, I mean, and again, multiple days, multiple texts. Um, Louis Prima. Do you know who that is, Sean? Of course I know who Louis Prima is. Okay, not Louis Prima Jr., not Junior. No. The original Sam Batera, Keely Smith. Uh, great. They were just they were great. Now she's gonna now she's now she's getting into like a, a cool jazz side, you know. Not yeah, this is a little RB. Jazz coming up. Uh Lou Rolls, uh Sam Cook. Who I worked with again. I worked Lou with Lou Rolls. Yeah. Where'd you work and with Lou Rolls? I worked with him at Club A. Oh fuck. Do you remember Club A in New Jersey? Oh yeah, of course. I live right, he here. I live right here. To there. Play there. He gave me one of the greatest pieces of advice that I tell newbie comics today. I was nervous. I was scared. He was my first celebrity that I ever opened for. I was, I was, and I, I adored him as a as a performer. You know, he sang on, uh, he sang with uh, Sam Cooke, and uh, Bring It On Home to Me. You know that song? Yeah. If you, well, the the callback is. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's Lou Rawls on that record hmm. with Sam Cook. Yeah, you listen, you could tell. But Sam, I went to say hello in this dressing room, and he goes, he saw I was nervous. He goes, "What's the matter?" I go, "I'm scared, man. I, you know, I, I'm kind of a new new comic." He goes, so he takes me outside into the parking lot, the Club Benet, 
he's wearing his tuxedo and everything. And he goes, listen, people are here. You're here on this gig because somebody thought you were good enough to be on this show. He goes, and that's good enough for me. He goes, I have no, I have no reservations about you going out there. And he said, I know you're going to go out and, and do a great job. And he calmed me down and I had a blast. And he was in the wings when I, when I got off, he goes, told you. How did you get these gigs? Were you represented at the time? Well, it was pretty well known at the time. I, you know, I, no, I didn't have representation, but um, I had a good, I had a good reputation as a comic, a reliable, you know, uh, comic. So, I mean, uh, and you know, you, you learn to schmooze and. And like you said, it's a hang. Um, So, so Julie also likes Ella Fitzgerald. Who I also saw live. That's great. Um, the great now, now here's what she's trying to show off a little bit Gene Krupa, Buddy Rich. I saw both. Well, I saw uh, Buddy Rich three times in my life. But these guys, when we did, we do a lot of like tribute type shows and and countdowns, and Gene Krupa and Buddy Rich's name came up a lot when we were talking drummers. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you also had uh, Eddie James, Billy Holiday, you know, nice, nice. Okay. Now, here's the band, okay, that. I was just talking about, you know, we, we, you, I love Chicago. I I love uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire. But another band that you got to put in that category, fucking Three Dog Night. They are great. That's Chuck Negron, right? Mm-hmm. Taylor yeah. Negron's cousin. That's right. That's yeah. right. Uh, do you know who they are, John? Yes, Jeff. I know who fucking Three Dog Night is. <laughs> I, I don't Christ. know. Listen, you you, you you go see Life of Agony four million times. You go see Gathlight, and I don't know. If yeah, and I've seen Ray Charles, and I've seen Ray Price, and Willie Nelson, and Chris Christopherson, and Edda, and and fucking Lena Horne. Okay, okay, tell us all the shit. Tony Bennett and Katie just, Um, Okay, Janis Joplin. Yeah. Love her. Okay, yeah. I mean, really, I mean, this is a heck of a list. Uh, do you use music to kind of like to get yourself pumped up, calm down? I mean, when, you know, is and, and if you have a walk up song, what do you like going coming up? I, you know, I, if I a walk up song would be anything, you know, funky, it's got to be, you know, it's got to be loud, got to be, you know, just moving, it's got to have move. But I, you know, my age has a lot to do with my musical taste because I was born really on the cusp at the end of the big band era, but my, my parents loved that music, uh, early rock and roll, 60s, 70s, rock and roll, 80s, you know. Uh, and, and, you know, a lot of breakthrough jazz happened at that time with Brubeck and all those people. So, and Basie and I, and I had, you know, I, I've always had tried to have an open, I was a drummer. I don't know if you knew that about me. I did not know that about yeah. you. I started you out as a drummer. Yeah. It makes make sense about Gene Cooper and Buddy Rich. Yeah. And, uh, uh I worked also with Chicago. Him. Danny Serafin was also a monster drummer. The problem they had from what I understand was Danny had a tendency to speed up. And it always pissed them off that he, his time he couldn't keep great time, and that's I think that's one of the reasons why they they bounced them. I thought he was I, a very intricate drummer when you I when you so too. And, and when you listen to the because he's the original drummer on mm-hmm. the the recording of twenty five six two four that right. fill at the end of the of the song that's a great great drum fill. Right. Well, Dino Tonelli was up there for great drummers. Uh, Dino uh, started out uh, he used to hang at the Metropole in, in Manhattan. Do you know what you know about the Metropole Cafe? I do remember the uh, Metropole yeah. Cafe. Yeah, and uh, Gene Krupa played there a lot, but uh, uh, Dino worked there, and he and he, you know, he he studied not with Gene, but he, you know, he kind of patterned himself after. He was a great drummer. There's some great drummers out there. Julia Scotty, you are a very 
very interesting person. Uh, this hour went by unbelievably yeah. quick. Please tell the listeners where they can find you, how they can follow you. Tell you know, and what what what, how, what can we do? How can we let people get to see Julia Scotty? There's a lot. Uh, you can go to my website www.juliascotty.com. S-C-O-T-T-I, not Y. Uh, my schedule is up there. It's all up to date. We're adding we're adding dates for the fall all the time now. So, um, you know, come on out. And, and you can find me on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. Uh, I'm, we're starting to do social media now, which I'm only about 15 years late on that. What's your next goal? My next what? Your next goal. My next goal. That's a good and how question. And how long do you think you're going to continue doing comedy for? Well, I got to answer the second question until I, I'm dead on stage. That's my goal. Well, I, I have no but That's a good question about, you know, what's your next goal? Because you're, you're, you're in, in so many ways, you've reinvented yourself. But 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 again, isn't that really why we're on this planet to to, you know, to evolve? You don't want to be the same person that you were. No, I, I wrote, well, I wrote a play during COVID. We did a couple of stage readings of it this year. Uh, I'd like to see it produced. I haven't, there's a couple of theater companies that have expressed an interest in producing it. I, I love to write, um, uh, and uh, you know, uh, comedy. Though, Mike, I want to keep evolving as a comic. I feel like I'm I'm breaking through to 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 a level that I, I I've never been in before. So I'm happy about that. And listen, folks, if you want to see Julia Scotty, come out there, Laughing Stock Comedy Club, October twenty eighth. Uh, if you want to see Sean Boyne, we'll have him out there on uh, September. 29th and we have julio it's at october 28th okay yeah. guys yeah, thank, thank you for having me thank julia, you for thank me. you so much man you know we really appreciate it. this was this was great oh my pleasure i had a ball you guys were wonderful thank you and I'll, I'll, hopefully i'll see you soon otherwise i'll see you in october sounds good all right take care guys continue to subscribe continue to follow give us five-star reviews we appreciate every single one of them till next time everybody take care bye right. guys happy birthday sean happy, happy birthday, birthday sean Thank you, dear.